You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2021. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about without having to compromise life's everyday hustle. So save your fetching because we are talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. So we're talking all about the Jewish New Year Festival today. It's called Rosh Hashanah. I'm sure you all know that. It does come in early this year. Watch out. It's coming in on Monday, September the 6th. It's early this year. It's actually my favorite Jewish holiday. We're going to talk about all the fun bits. It's also a time for prayer and reflection and introspection and family and community and we're going to be diving into all of that. I thought it'd be really fun to do this episode with two of my colleagues at Smashing Life in Your Jewish Life. Um, I'm going to be doing it with Emily and Sam who I work very closely with at Your Jewish Life Your Way, our Instagram, our podcast and obviously Smashing Life which is our amazing membership community for Jewish and Jewish women. So hi Emily and Sam! Hi. Hi. Good to see you. I think before we get started, everyone wants to know a little bit about you both. So um, Sam, tell everyone who Sam is. Yeah, I mean, well, I actually, I met Karen because I started as a member of her Brides Club um, at Smashing the Glass and we just really hit it off. We clicked and, you know, I got married and then we, we got to meet in person because Karen came to New York. It was such a fun meeting and I actually just kind of asked if she was hiring because I just, I love the community so much. I wanted to do a bit of writing for them and I got to do that for a bit. And then I transferred over to your Jewish life when that came to be. And it's just been really fun since. So I do a bit of writing for your Jewish life. I work in the community and smashing life and it's just really fun. I, I love working with Karen and the team and I just love the community so much. So kind of stuck with me. <laughs> we love, we love having you. And Sam is in based in Brooklyn in New York City uh, and uh, and and Emily you I met you when you lived in New York City <laughs> yes so I'm Emily Sacron I permanently live in New York City but I've um, taken sort of a long detour to stay with my family in Boston during COVID that was meant to be a couple months but just turned into like a year so you know you know how that goes but um, I also, like Sam, I um, entered Smashing Life through our um, sister brand, um, Smashing the Glass, which is um, Jewish weddings focused. I first met Karen when um, I was engaged and there was no brides club or anything at that time, but I was an avid reader of the blog. Um, my engagement unfortunately didn't work out, but I did end up um, a couple of years later getting a great career out of it because I saw a... Um, job posting on Instagram, Karen was looking for a features writer for Smashing the Glass. And I was like, whoa, this would be like a perfect job for me. So I applied, I started doing that. Um, one of my colleagues left and I took on her role as well as client relations manager. And then um, when we started Smashing Life, I um, started, you know, working on that as well. I do things, you know, with the community. I write our um, bi-weekly newsletter, just lots of different things. But um, yeah, I, I love working with Karen and Sam and everyone. And um, it's just really a great, um, great community, great vibes. Um, really, yeah. really great. I'm so lucky to work with you both. You two just are absolutely smashing it at Smashing Life, Smashing the Glass. We, we have a great time together. So let us dive in. How on earth is Rosh Hashanah in so early this year? We need to talk about it. Let's get it to the basics. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I like it when it's later. <laughs> I mean, it feels crazy. It's August. We're talking about everything Rosh Hashanah, but let's do it. Let's. I thought it'd be nice to let's just start off with some basics um let uh, maybe Emily you can tell me what is Rosh Hashanah what do we what are we supposed to do on Rosh Hashanah anyway and then maybe we'll talk about some ideas around that yeah absolutely so I mean at its most basic Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year um it's supposed to be the anniversary of the day God created Adam and Eve 
So um, that supposedly happened um, 5,782 years ago as of September 6th. That's the year it will be, the Jewish year, 5782. Um, and what we do on Rosh Hashanah, it's, um, it's a really... I mean, happy, joyous, festive holiday. And we do a lot of I mean, festive meals and gathering with family, but there's also a more serious reflective quality to it. Um, I mean, traditionally it's known as the time when um, God inscribes people in the book of life or death, which you can take either literally or metaphorically, but um, the idea is that um, God, you know, inscribes people in one of these two books on Rosh Hashanah. And then there's this um, 10 day period called the Days of Awe, um, culminating in Yom Kippur, which is um, the holiest day of the Jewish year. It's a, it's a fast day, it's a very somber day. And on that day, the book of life is sealed. So you are sort of supposed to be, you know, um, being very sort of contemplative and um, thinking about, you know, what maybe didn't go so great in your past year and what can be better. Um, so that is, there is that kind of heavier element of self-reflection to it as well. I mean, in terms of what people actually do, um, I think a highlight for a lot of people is it's traditional um, to have big festive um, Rosh Hashanah meals. And there are a lot of, I mean, really fun and delicious traditional foods that I think we'll probably get to later, but- um, I don't know about you, but I have always thought of Rosh Hashanah as like Jewish Thanksgiving because of the amount of food my family serves. Yeah, I hear that. Favorite I hear holidays. that. Tell us about your Rosh Hashanah, Sam. What is this growing up or even to this day? Tell us, tell us, I wanna hear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we always, that would be one of the holidays that my family would host, which was great. We would have all of our cousins come over, all of the aunts and uncles, and it would just be, well, as, as the years have gone and people have gotten married and babies have been born, the dining room table seems to be extending every single year. And we're now halfway in the living room, but <laughs> it's just really nice just having everybody together. My mom makes so much food, um, just an obscene amount of food. I never understand where it all comes from or or how we handle it all. But so it's all on her to do all the cooking. She does yeah. it all. Well, sometimes sometimes my aunts will bring a few dishes, but honestly, she she takes it on herself because uh, my aunts they usually host the other holidays like Passover and and Thanksgiving. So Rosh Hashanah is her holiday, um, and she's a champ. She makes her chicken <laughs> soup, which is everybody's favorite. It's just it's the best time. So it's very much a sort of family and food. I mean, for me, I'd love to hear about yours in a minute, Emily, but for me, um, it is identical, except in a different country. So my my mother's side is, well, my mother's uh, Israeli and pre-COVID and growing up, we used to spend the holiday in, in Israel, in my family in Israel. We have such a large family there. Um, my mom's one of five brothers and sisters that a different person hosts it every year or it would just not be fair <laughs> simple as that it's like 40 50 of us I'm not joking wow. that's just cousins aunts and uncles and the older the my mum's generation and like you say just the food you're you're just I don't even know how to describe it by the end of the evening but there's also um it's lovely because everyone brings different dishes and there's just a lot of chatter and you can't hear yourself speak and like whenever anyone of the cousins generation brings a new a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend or something they're just like okay I don't quite know how to prepare you for this but um I've always been almost kind of proud of like that side to me like if someone meets me I just think it's the best thing ever personally it's also so fun because you know you think of it right it's Jewish New Year when you think of New Year's Eve like just like the traditional worldly New Year's Eve it's big parties and it's you know you're getting together with friends or or whoever it may be but Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah has always been very family oriented. It's not, it's not this big, like wild party with party hats and things. It's just, it's, it is more like a giving thanks for, for the family that you're with and, and being together and it's about togetherness and, and just looking forward to the New Year um, as a unit. I think it's wonderful. And just as much as we get kind of drunk on champagne on year's eve we get drunk on food <laughs> emily how about you and your family and growing up so mine was a little bit different um i never lived when i was a kid near any of my extended family and i mean i'm an only child so it's a, a small family 
Um, for a number of years when I was growing up, we would do um, Rosh Hashanah and some of the other Jewish holidays as well with um, a, um, a friend of mine from school and her family and then sort of a bunch of, you know, a couple other families ended up joining who also didn't have, you know, extended family nearby. And it was really, really nice. Um, gradually over time, a lot of the people involved moved away from the area and it sort of fizzled. And since then, just usually um, been pretty small. Um, just me and my parents and, you know, a random, you know, guest here and there, but um, don't have those kinds of um, big gatherings like you two do. And I know you've got a shout out for Emily's food blog, Poppy and Prune. So what, you know, it's, it's well, you, you can tell us more about it, but it's more focused on the, well, you tell us, but I mean, how would you relate anything different that you've made for the Rosh Hashanah table? Because we don't just want to talk about honey cake today do we <laughs> yeah well, we so we will cake. talk about honey cake too <laughs> absolutely so one thing that I think is really underrated um kind of in the American sort of Ashkenazi Jewish world is um well a lot of the Sephardi traditions um, relating to Rosh Hashanah but in particular I don't think I've actually written about this on my blog which it is called poppy and prune poppyandprune.com um we'll, we'll link interested. to it in we'll link to it in the show notes yeah, if you're interested in um, Jewish food and Jewish food history, you should check it out. But um, anyway, um, one really beautiful and cool food tradition that I think is becoming better known is um, something called the Rosh Hashanah Seder, which I know the word Seder probably puts, you know, images of Passover into your mind and it might seem very, you know, overwhelming and long so this is not like the Passover Seder um it's it's quick it's fun it's totally not mandatory so if this doesn't sound fun to you you know just fast forward but um it is a tradition that um is held by a lot of different Sephardi communities um it comes from the Talmud but um, basically there are a number of different foods that um, you put out on your table um, at the beginning of the Rosh Hashanah meal that all have different symbolic meanings. And a lot of them are sort of like based on puns of the food's names in Hebrew or Aramaic, which is kind of cute. Although, you know, it gets a little lost in translation if you don't speak those languages. But I um, wanna hear a pun. Yeah, Sam is obsessed with puns. Yeah. <laughs> so actually the one that I know on top of my head is, um, it's not from the traditional Rosh Hashanah Seder, but a lot of um, people from different backgrounds, you know, have taken on this um, Seder tradition and um, a lot of Ashkenazi Yiddish speakers have um, adopted it as well. And one food they like to eat is um, carrots because the Yiddish word for carrots is marin. And that also means something like to increase in Yiddish. So it's ah. like increasing your you know, wealth or your good fortune. So it's little things like that, but um, yeah, so you put out all these foods on your table, or I mean, you can just put them out and just like look at them. You don't even have to eat them. You can make dishes with all of them, just different approaches. But um, then you go around and say um, there are set blessings for each food that sort of play on the pun names and, you know, ask for, for something you want for the coming year, whether it's, you know, like abundance or health or, you know, whatever good thing. Um, but yeah, that's a really interesting and I think cool tradition. Some of the foods, and again, like depending on, you know, your tradition, you'll find different, you know, lists and different ideas, but black eyed peas are one of them. Um, leeks, <laughs> gourds, I think we need to be squash. I think we need I to rebrand this word Seder because you said the word Seder and I was like, I'm not doing another one. <laughs> I know. I think a lot of people have that reaction. I love a Seder. I think <laughs> that's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> have, you done, have you done this Rosh Hashanah Seder, Sam, as well? No, I haven't. And I think if I, if I suggested that to my family, they would have the same reaction as you and say, please, no, not another one. <laughs> so I tried to do it once and I would say I thought it was really cool, but sort of know your crowd in advance because I did have someone at my uh, Rosh Hashanah dinner who was not too thrilled to be doing this and just wanted to get to the food. So um, I had how prepared long, all these notes and unfortunately it, it was cut short. How long would it last the Rosh Hashanah Seder? I mean, it can last sort of as long or as short as you want it to be, but I would say if you wanted to get it done in 15 minutes, you could. Oh, oh that sounds fun. Well, it's like I, a speed round. We, yeah, you, you can do it as a speed round. 
I think we should do a poll here out on Instagram. Um, if you're listening to this, take a screenshot of the of the podcast and um, tell us, are you for or against the Rosh Hashanah Seder? Are you going to try it? And did you, had you heard about it for the podcast? Because I'd heard about it, but now I understand it. I would give it a go. Um, I've heard about it before. This is, this yeah. is all news to me. It, it, you know, and um, let us know what you think on Instagram. Just make sure you tag at your Jewish life. Uh, we've also got an accompanying guide if you if you didn't you know catch it all um about the seder or about the other things that we've talked about we've got an accompanying guide yourjewishlife.co that's .co not .com because we're the cool cat kids around here um <laughs> slash slash rosh r-o-s-h i thought that was a fun slash yourjewishlife.co slash rosh and you can download a completely free accompanying guide to to all this stuff so come on let's talk about the food sam tell us what lies on your mom's rosh hashanah table oh man well i've already talked about the chicken soup and you know, so growing up, um, I'm actually, I'm gluten-free since birth. Um, one of those fun people that started the allergy trend. So growing up, my mom <laughs> would make uh, kreplach, which, you know, I couldn't eat, but she'd make it for everybody else. So kreplach, if you don't know, is like a Jewish dumpling. It's, you know, on the inside is usually like some ground meat. Um, although I, I suppose you could also make it vegetarian. We always had it with just beef. And then the outside is just like this dumpling layer and you serve them in soup. Although I've learned recently that you could also fry them um, and they taste pretty good that way. But she, she would always make these growing up and then, you know, I, I couldn't eat them. And uh, last year, since we were all stuck at home uh, for COVID and it was going to be one of the first Rosh Hashanahs that I wasn't going to spend with my extended family and I had a lot of time on my hands, I said, you know, let me take this recipe. It was my mom's grandmother's recipe. I called her up and I was like, what's the recipe? I feel like I can make this gluten-free. And so I took, I took the recipe, it called for, you know, regular flour. I switched it out for a gluten-free flour and it took me all day, but I made about 140 kreplach by myself. Wow. I froze them. I gave them to people. I gave them to her. Um, you know, I dropped, dropped them off for her. And she, when she tasted them, she almost cried because she was just like, these taste exactly like my grandmother's. I don't know how you did oh it. And so it was like, it was so beautiful and so much fun. And I, it, it was just, it's, even though I couldn't eat them growing up, it was still such a staple on the Rosh Hashanah table. So just to bring, and my mom, my mom's developed gluten allergy since, so that's why she hasn't had them in years. So uh -huh. to be able to bring that back to her after so many years oh, of not having that. it was so special. Um, I love that. That's one of my favorite uh, and I, I think a lot of people make prep look for the high holidays because they're so time consuming. I think it's like a once a year, uh, unless you go to like a Jewish diner or deli or something. I know they have them on the menu. And obviously we eat a lot of sweet foods. There's an excuse to eat the sweet foods for a sweet new year. Um, I'm sure maybe it's your first time learning about Jewish stuff, but for most of you, um, I'm sure you know about the apple and the honey. We dip apples in the honey for a sweet new year. It's the symbol of Rosh Hashanah. Any other fun, fun things that you guys do for sweet stuff or, or apple well, or always, apple honey? I don't know about you, Emily, but I always like the tradition of the new fruit. Yes, I was just gonna say that. What What are your, do you do, you do like the same, like? like a fruit that you don't normally eat during the year or do you try to do a new fruit like literally a new fruit every year so I ideally I think it's most fun if you do literally like a new fruit that you've never had or you know maybe you had it once like five years ago um, I remember I think one year um, in New York I went down to Chinatown yep. and just you know <laughs> picked up some different fruits that I'd never had. That's what um, I do every year too. Yeah. I want to say like rambutan. Um, I know one year I did dragon fruit. So I really like sort of the more, you know, exotic to me, the better. Um, I know a lot of people on the other hand, like Sam said, have a tradition of doing the same thing every year. Um, just sort of a fruit you haven't eaten, you know, this season yet. Pomegranate is a really popular choice um, traditionally, but um, there are really no rules. And I, totally encourage you if it sounds fun to you know go scout out some fruit that you have never tried and like have no idea what it is um I think that's a really awesome tradition that I um, enjoy a lot my family did star fruit every year 
Oh, nice. Every year. I'm like, at this point, yes, we don't eat this during the year, but is this really a new fruit? (laughs) Right. Star fruit every year. And then I started going to Chinatown. We did dragon fruit one year, which my family is, I think dragon fruit is now the new star fruit. The last few years, they just keep buying that. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I brought uh rabbitam, my dad looked at me like I had five heads and he's like, This isn't a fruit. I'm like, I promise you it is. Like, <laughs> give it a shot. It's all about trying new things, right? New oh. year, new you. And also one of the fun things we we've done, obviously, um don't know if you know anyone who's listening, I've got two daughters, they're now age six and seven. And um, we actually baked challah last year, especially we have a round, we have round challahs on Rosh Hashanah. And again, like Sam said, you've got some, a bit of extra time and you normally would baby for, to, we don't generally have time to bake with the girls for Friday night challahs, but for Rosh Hashanah, we wanted to make it special. We did a, a challah spiked with um, apple and, a, and honey in it. And, you know, it was a bit of a mess with the kids, but it's, it's the whole meaning. And they were so proud of these challahs and it was just, it, you could taste the love in the colors mm. yeah like do it messy do it fun but like do make it make it your own you know put sprinkles on your color for a sweet new year if you want to whatever whatever as we say your Jewish life your way and, and make it yours you know but yeah the kids love getting involved um don't tell my husband he can put sprinkles on the color <laughs> <laughs> he has such a sweet tooth <laughs> I also want to add to have like it's it's you know so often with the Jewish holidays, it's about, you know, feeling mournful or whatever, and then the joys in the food. But I always say, have fun with your with your table and your decor as well. You know, make some fun place cards, come up with a fun pomegranate cocktail. Um, we, we I've seen some really cute things where people have made a little hole at the top of an apple. I'm actually, this sounds like a fire hazard as I'm describing it, and put, put tea lights in for some candle holders. I've seen those. And you know, you can get really Pinterest crazy and like do ombre mm-hmm. apples, like red. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've also seen people hollowing out an apple and instead of putting a tea light in it, um, putting honey in it. So it's a little honey bowl. Oh, that's, that's probably a little bit you know I mean just I always encourage the fun you know buy a fun honeycomb mold for your honey cake or actually buy a fun honeycomb mold and make a different kind of cake and trick people (laughs) you know totally yeah those beehive molds yeah Um, yeah. no it's funny with the honey cake um my mom used to make one so like I used to be able to have spelt flour growing up and now I no longer can have it so she used to make the spelt honey cake and then when I couldn't have spelt anymore she couldn't find a good gluten-free recipe and I don't know what happened over the years, but honey cake basically turned to banana bread. And now we have banana <laughs> bread, which is not the tradition at all, but it's our tradition. And I kind of love it. But now we have banana bread every Rosh Hashanah. Put it in the honeycomb mold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also music. Like music is, a, again, people don't think about, oh, I'm, you know, fun Rosh Hashanah songs. But there's some really good ones. We've actually got um, a Rosh Hashanah playlist. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, what about music, guys? Well, that's funny because I didn't really grow up with that. Um, my my background is more like my parents both kind of grew up Orthodox. By the time they met each other, they weren't as um, observant, but we grew up with a lot of those teachings. And so I always, you know, went to temple on Rosh Hashanah. I never traveled on Rosh Hashanah. I don't listen to music on Rosh Hashanah. But I, you know, when I met my husband, he comes from a more reformed background. So um Lately, I, you know, last few years, we've been going to his temple, his like hometown temple with his mom for services, which I really love. Um, they actually have a full band, uh, for Rosh Hashanah, which <laughs> is not something that I ever grew up with. And I love it's, that. Still, it's still a little weird to me because I would never see that at any temple I went to growing up, but it's kind of nice. Um, they're really lovely. It's like a three person band and they have some singers and yeah, they, you know, they sing all the traditional songs and they get the whole temple involved and it's, it's really beautiful. It Uh, it makes, it makes the holiday feel a lot more joyous for sure. Emily, are you, are you listening to Rosh Hashanah music in the lead up or? (laughs) So, you know, I never have, I mean, I would say like Sam, I mean, growing up Rosh Hashanah was treated a little bit, you know, more traditionally. And I mean, I still do for the holiday itself, but, um, I mean, I, I actually really love the idea of, you know, in the lead up, you know, just like playing some music to get in the mood. And 
Um, yeah, I, I haven't as of yet, but I know we have a great playlist that Karen put together um, well, available on Spotify uh, for Shoshana Music. And I, I do plan on checking it out. This and year. Like, like what you said, um, Emily, about, you know, getting in the mood and listening to it, because it's that thing of, you know, I don't know when Rosh, what day I think it comes in on Monday. It's a work it's a day. Monday, yeah. yeah. And, you know, obviously now we work, more of us work from home, but obviously growing up in my twenties, thirties, you're sort of what at work, normal work day, and you've got to make your excuses, rush a homer, we still you know, rush a shot, you know, yeah. you've got to rush home, got to yeah. leave early. Let's talk about that because it's that thing of, you know, you can listen to the music to feel in the mood because sometimes on the outside, no one knows what on earth is going on in your Absolutely. life. Right. You know, I grew up in Brooklyn, so at least for, you know, school and even college, I went to Brooklyn College. So school was closed for the high holidays, which was really great. Obviously, the Jewish population in New York is so huge. So it wouldn't make sense to keep schools open because so many people wouldn't show up. Um, But then once I left college and my first job outside of college, I started right before Rosh Hashanah. I started like the week of Rosh Hashanah and I was an intern and I felt like I couldn't ask for the day off. I didn't know Mm -hmm. what to do. I had never traveled on Rosh Hashanah before, especially not work. And I just didn't say anything. And I went into work that day and I pretty much just stayed in the bathroom crying because I just felt so sad that I wasn't at temple. I wasn't with my family. I wasn't doing what I, I wanted to be doing, which was celebrating the holiday. And since then, like I always ask for the day, but it, it's a little frustrating to have to use a vacation day uh, to celebrate the high holidays. I always felt very, not, not angry, but you know, it's just, it's a little silly to me that this isn't just a day that is given, you know, you like, if you, if you have a boss, like they should allow you to like take that holiday. It's not like I'm going on a vacation. It's not like I'm, I'm hopping on a plane and taking the weekend to like sit on an Island for a weekend. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in temple and to have to use my, and, and, I mean, I know in the UK, you have a lot more vacation days, but in the US, we don't really have a ton of vacation time. So to think about, okay, I need two days for Rosh Hashanah. I need one day for Yom Kippur. I need all yep. of these, all of these days that you have to use. And like that, that's, yeah. it. that's your whole vacation time. Um, but what am I going to do? I'm not going yeah. to go to work on these days. They're too important. I know. And there's, and that, that rushing feeling as well, like you're trying to do the full day's work, get everything done by three, yeah. four o'clock, just as you're about to close up, someone comes in, they want to request a zoom call or whatever it is the next day. And like, you keep having to explain and, you know, it is, it Can't is what it is. that meeting that day. I won't be here that day. Yeah. Always explaining. And, you know, that, that's something that, you know, it's, it's just there and it's not for every per- person on this planet to know exactly when the Jewish holidays are, but look, we're going to take a quick break. I want to tell you about something. I absolutely love. We'll be right back. I wanted to take a moment to tell you about my community, my Jewish community membership club. It's for Jewish and Jewish women all over the world. And I want to tell you about it because you might want to become a member. So it's such a special place. I want you to know what it's all about. Um, in one line, it is everything you've ever wanted in a Jewish community. Um, It's for all Jewish women, whether you are in the process of converting or have converted or you're a patrilineal Jew or you're traditional or you're not so observant or you call yourself a cultural Jew or a traditional Jew or whatever it is. In fact, we are just not about labels at all. As long as you've got a connection to Judaism and you're ready to build the life you want on your terms, you're ready for smashing life. It is a place to share Jewish culture and joy, a place to connect with like-minded Jewish women. It's a place to live your Jewish life your way, what the podcast says on the tin. I want you to live that with us, empowered by the community. And obviously inside the community, you're going to learn beautiful, modern and traditional Jewish rituals that will fill your life with purpose. You're going to advance in your life and career, and we make it so much fun. It is a joyful place. It's a place to nourish your own personal development while connecting with other like-minded Jewish women around the corner from you and across the globe. And we have all kinds of ways of facilitating connection. You'll never feel like 
the new kid inside Smashing Life. You'll be immediately welcomed and supported and loved. There is so much warmth in there. It is this beautiful, safe, non-judgmental space. And like I say, we have a lot of fun. We have, we do so many things. We have plenty of social events, both online and in real life. We have meetups all over the world, but a lot of it is online if you live somewhere remote or you just fancy staying in your pajamas for the day, but you wanna hang out with your fellow Smashing Lifers. We, we do lots of fun social events. You'll access a community of ready-made, like-minded Jewish friends, again, both local and international. There's so much thought goes into our monthly programming. We have expert masterclasses chosen by you. We have all kinds of fun things going on, like weekly yoga and a book club and crafts club. We have a member generated recipe book where everyone shares their recipes. And we have this gorgeous recipe book for you to flick through. It's online, flick through virtually and, and find the recipe book that you want. We do have a grand plan to publish it and make it into a, a wonderful cookbook that we can sell for charity. But right now it's a virtual members only Smashing Life Jewish cookbook. It's wonderful. We have great Jewish bake-offs. We have modern Jewish life experts coming in to, to, to share ideas that are going to inspire us and fill our lives with purpose. We do virtual Shabbats masterclasses. We have plenty of members only discounts and gifts and we add new ones every month. It's a place for accountability and support when you need it. It's an environment of opportunity and Jewish values. And I would love you to, to join in and, and, and experience it. I'm just gonna tell you a little bit about what Ashley, one of our members says about it. So I want you to hear it in our members words. She says, Smashing Life is an absolutely magical community that provides connections to kind and supportive Jewish friends all over the world. Masterclasses to help guide us with life hacks accountability partnering, yummy recipes, twice weekly Zoom yoga sessions and Zoom get togethers and in-person get togethers too. And we are close enough to share our life milestones and victories and vulnerable and safe enough to share our defeats and low points. And we receive an incredible amount of genuine support for each high point, low point and everywhere in between. Join Smashing Life for year round awesomeness, warmth, support, fun, life hacks and resources oh we love you ashley if you're listening to this and you fancy joining smashing life all you need to do is head to smashinglife.club and add your name and email address to the waitlist that's smashinglife.club c-l-u-b and add your name to the waitlist and you'll get an email just as soon as a space becomes available and our doors are open to welcome you in. So if you are ready for connections and friendships that will last a lifetime, if you're ready to advance in every area of your life, and of course, if you're ready to build a life you want on your terms and be part of a group of Jewish women to connect, engage and share life struggles and triumphs with, you are definitely ready for smashing life. Okay, we're back now. Um, we talked about music, but you know what I forgot to mention? The shofar. Who wants oh, to? Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> not, yes. my, not my favorite sound, but I know some people really? just love it. Why yeah, I think it's the association. So the only thing we haven't talked about yet is being in synagogue or temple. And it's just, I didn't enjoy the whole going to synagogue thing growing up on Rosh Hashanah. Again, because I've got my... Israeli identity and my Israeli roots for me it's just inside of me and I just feel something whereas I felt growing up when I was going to synagogue I was told to go to synagogue at Rosh Hashanah I didn't particularly enjoy it and then again like the shofar I, I just associated the shofar with being told to go to synagogue not particularly enjoying it now as an adult of course I make my own choices, but it's still there. I don't know how you guys feel about synagogue on high holidays. I really love it. I, you know, it, it was a little different. So I, I didn't go with my parents. Um, I kind of, I, I was part of USY, United Synagogue Youth. So Jewish youth group here um, in the US and Canada. And I would go with my friends. So in high school, I would go with them. And there was sort of like a junior service that they have upstairs. And we would be asked as like the oldest people to help lead it. So we would help lead some of the prayers. We'd have like a very abridged version. So I didn't really ever sit through a full 
Rosh Hashanah service um, until I met my husband and I started going to his temple. But I really loved going to like the junior service and helping out with the kids and helping out pass out the apples and honey and, and doing like some of our songs. That was always fun. And then as an adult, uh, going with going with him and going with his mom and his sister, I just, it's such a beautiful experience and their temple is so welcoming. And I don't know, there's just something about it where I, you know, and I, not, not to say that like, I love every second of sitting in temple and just really reflecting, like obviously like your mind drifts and wanders and like you think about, well, what am I, what am I eating next? I wanna, I wanna have a meal or whatever. But I, there's just something about being in a group of people that are all there for the same purpose as you, feeling that connection and just feeling like we're all one big community and just, there's just a lot of love in the room. And there's just something about that especially with this year being home because of COVID, I've just missed it so much. You know, we actually just, we just spoke with his mom about getting our seats for this Rosh Hashanah and hopefully, you know, things, things don't get worse. And like, we all can be in person. Last year we did, um, we, we, his temples in Connecticut, we drove to Connecticut to have a parking lot service for 30 minutes. So we mm. all sat on top of our cars yeah. for 30 minutes in the parking wow. lot as the canter screamed so that we could yeah. hear something so we could hear the shofar. I um, love that though. I love which that was, so much. You know, you do what you have to do. Yeah. Um, but I like- Well, that's the- what's special when you're not going through the motions, but you're there because you want to be there and they're putting on the service because it's so important. And, you know, as an adult, I haven't yet found the right temple for me and mm-hmm. uh, my family. We've been going to my husband's father's synagogue because he's the chairman there. And it's oh, wow. like, it's like a respect, but it's, it's in South London, which is a completely non-Jewish part of London. And so it's one of the last synagogues still going. Unfortunately, wow. I think it's closing, it's closing at the end of the year. And oh, wow. so, so, so um, me and my husband like bring down the average age by about 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. So oh, it's, not, it's not the environment that you're describing, Sam, when you talk about going no. to your husband. And I, I'm waiting to find that um, synagogue, which we will do in the coming years. And I'll update you guys on the podcast about our, our synagogue hunt, our temple hunt. It's important isn't it to find that that temple that yeah that brings, and you know yeah. we go to we go to his mom's and it's his mom's temple but we also want to find something you know wh- whenever we put roots down we don't know where we're going to end up and that's that's what we want we want to find a temple that one day when we want to start our family and and go like we want a community that feels very comfortable but it's funny what you said because it's true I feel like there's a lot of a lot of temples a lot of synagogues out there where the average age is very high yes find that community where- <laughs> and it's not compelling it doesn't feel you know yay we can't I can't wait to take the kids to, to synagogue this Saturday mm-hmm. you know so um but but surely in New York City you get such a choice and, there and are more down. right we just haven't yeah. we haven't really looked because we just usually go to his to yes. family or my family but um yeah eventually we'll probably have to we can't we can't drive to Connecticut forever <laughs> did you go to services in New York City Emily in the last few years or you always go home or so I did um I mean some years you know a bit of both um I have been to a number of places in New York I would say also um like Sam I haven't quite you know sort of found my perfect fit I also um I guess about about a year before COVID, I had moved to a new neighborhood and sort of had, you know, meant to check out what was sort of going on in that neighborhood, but just never got around to it. And then COVID happened and yeah. then I've been in Boston. So, you know, when I go back, that is something to put on my to-do list again. But um, I've had really um, mixed experiences going to synagogue on Yom Kippur, or, or Rosh Hashanah, sorry, and Yom Kippur. Jumping ahead. <laughs> um, you know, either, either and. Um, They're so close together though. They are. They are. They sort of. They're kind of lumped together in my mind <laughs> in some ways. But um, I think, unlike Sam, I grew up in. I mean, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area in California, which I mean does have a lot of Jews, but the specific little suburb I grew up in did not have very many Jews. And I was usually um, in public elementary school, usually the only Jewish kid in my class. And my mom would, you know, make me take off um, for Rosh Hashanah to go to services. And I just hated it. You know, I hated being different. I didn't like having to miss a day of school. Um, I just, 
and I, I think, I mean, you know, on top of, you know, whatever my feelings about actually going to school were, you know, I just, I had this really negative association because it was just, you know, what in like a long list of things that just made me like weird, you know, outsider kid. Um, and for a long time, that was sort of a big element of how I associated with Judaism. And I mean, gradually, you know, as an adult and as I've been in New York, um, that has changed, but it did, you know, sort of take a lot of time and like a lot of work to sort of undo that mm. um interesting yeah and and how do you guys prepare for Rosh Hashanah or how should or or what tips as well do we have for, for people wanting to sort of write I'm going to download the playlist I'm going to download the guide um maybe talk about Elul as well um what 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 tips have you got yeah, so I mean, there are a bunch of different approaches you can take. I mean, one of the things that I find most fun, because I mean, I'm really into food and cooking, is I really like, you know, planning a menu and, you know, looking through all my Jewish cookbooks and, you know, looking online and seeing like what all the Jewish food blogs have as their like new recipes. So um, for me, that's something that really gets me in the mood and is exciting and fun. Um, I think, you know, listening to Rosh Hashanah music, if you're into music, you know, would be similar. Um, also reading is great. I would say, especially if you have kids in your life, there are a lot of really fun, um, Rosh Hashanah themed picture books that you can read with them to, um, get in the mood. I know if you, um, download our Rosh Hashanah resource, there is a link to, um, some lists from PJ library, which is a really great, um, group that, um, sends people free children's books. So if you are a parent of kids, you should get on that. But, um, yeah, the link is yourjewishlife.co dot co dot co slash rosh if you want that guide that Emily's talking about so that's for sort of the fun stuff oh another thing I would say in terms of fun stuff is I know it's not really traditional for Jewish holidays to um put up like a lot of decorations and some people are kind of against it because it reminds them of Christmas but I like decorating for the holidays and, and who cares that it reminds I mean that, that yeah whatever Christmas. Yeah, I mean like exactly yeah <laughs> um, so you can make things. I mean, if you have kids, again, I think that could be a really fun activity or if you just like making things as an adult. But there are also some things you can buy um, these days. Like I know um, there's a really cute company called The Kit Cut, like K-I-T-K-U-T. Yes, and they make these really cool. Um, well, they make them for a lot of different Jewish holidays, not just Rosh Hashanah, but um, Jewish holiday banners. So you can get one that, you know, would say like Shana Tova or you can get one that has little cutouts of like, like apples and shofars um and it's just you know easy you just buy it you order it you put it up on your wall and like bam you know you're all Rosh Hashanah ready I so um yeah I think those are really really cute and we it's just had... kind of an easy way to sort of add some holiday spirit to your home yeah we, we you know growing up obviously going to my mom or going to my in-laws like we never had our own Rosh Hashanah table settings or just uh, decorations or, or whatever. We, di we didn't have anything for ourselves. And so, you know, this year we actually, we got this really lovely wedding gift, which was a gift card to the, uh, I think Jewish Museum gift shop. And I had a lot of really lovely Judaica and things like that. We got this beautiful shofar, which I've never owned a shofar before, but wow. a one, which when we brought home and my cat sniffed it, he flipped out. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, a shofar is, it's made of a ram's horn, like a literal one. And the cat clearly knew that there was something. <laughs> the cat did not like it. He would not walk past the, um, the, 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 the little table that we have where it's set up. He wouldn't walk That's past That's so it funny. Um, and also actually we got um, this really beautiful glass, um, little honey dish um we got one we got a little one for honey but we also got a um I forgot I forgot the name of the designer but it's like this beautiful one it's like a it's like a silver apple with like this little honey stir and it's just so beautiful and I can't wait to put it out and it makes me feel just so excited for the holiday it's like just such a small thing to have but it, it makes it feel more festive yeah. I love I love that and that is such a great tip um to invest or if you don't want to invest just spend what you what you want to on a piece of Judaica whether it be you know an apple and honey tray the anything the decoration if you want or just you know an actual piece that you can use year after year that that like Sam says gets you so excited to put out we love um, modern tribe which is um 
run by one of our Smashing Alive members, who Amy Becker, who's also the founder of What You Want to Eat. I'll link to them in the show notes. Um, they've got all kinds of stuff. And it doesn't make you any less Jewish if you buy your Rosh Hashanah stuff on the internet or whether you have it handed down from generations. You are just as Jewish. You're just as Jewish. If your grandma doesn't make honey cake, you're the first person in your family to make honey cake. It's all it's all the same stuff and it's and it sh should put a smile on your face um and if you're a smashing life member you get a 10 percent discount at modern tribe as well so i've indulged in that discount many times <laughs> <laughs> i also want to put out a plug this isn't exactly decor but um we have another wonderful smashing life member Ariel tidhar who is a yes. jeweler um she makes jewish themed jewelry and i know she's going to be dropping a um special rosh hashanah themed mm -hmm. you know release so she has you know like pomegranate things um i'm not sure exactly what else is going to be in it to be honest but i know she's going to be um dropping some rosh hashanah themed you know jewelry pieces hair accessories so that could also be a really fun thing to sort of just get yourself in the mood. I just bought some earrings from her and I love wearing them. They make me feel so pretty. They're just like, you know, they're great. They're her big. stuff is really cool. And she also offers Smashing Life members a 10% discount. Yeah. Gotta put yeah. that out there. So. <laughs> yeah, no, Ariel, I also am lucky enough to have some of her jewelry. It's just so joyful. You've got to check her out. I'll link to, to her in the show notes as well. So let's, let's talk about the more reflective side because of, of Rosh Hashanah it's, it's mm -hmm. so you know a really amazing time to reflect on the year past set intentions for the upcoming year you don't need you know to ask any special questions other than you know I'm going to ask Sam and Emily and maybe you can ask me them back a few questions that you can ask yourself um, you can note them down we're also going to be doing a special a free Rosh Hashanah after Rosh Hashanah um, workshop where we'll set intentions together I'll tell you more about that shortly so let's let's do some reflecting and intensing and let's let's keep it let's get the real talk in um, okay <laughs> I'll join in too so um let's start with with um Emily on this one what did what what did you enjoy most about this last year which has been a challenging one for all of us but does anything stand out as yeah, it has been a very challenging one for me. I mean, I will say that first off, but um, I would say one thing that, I mean, there've been pros and cons to it. It's, it's not been all enjoyment, but um, since I, as I said, I have been, you know, unexpectedly sort of staying with my parents for the past year because of COVID, um, having this sort of extra time with them, you know, after I thought I'd, you know, moved out permanently, um, it has been really it's not easy, but I mean, it, it has been really special and really meaningful and I'm glad I got to have it. So I would say that. Mm. I love that. Um, Sam? Well, I mean, this year, this year has thrown a lot of curveballs uh, my way, but I will say, and, and that's also what I love about Rosh Hashanah is that you kind of Every, everyone always thinks of New Year's, December 31st is like, okay, that, that's it, New Year, like, let's go. And we get to, we get to do it twice. Yeah, I like that. I love that. <laughs> it's good it to be Jewish. Like a bonus. <laughs> I, love, I love a refresh. I love a restart. So, you know, last year was really tough, but I, I just think about where I was last year and, and all of the things that were really difficult and how I've overcome all of them. Um, you know, I, I was part of the, the wave of COVID layoffs, which was unfortunate. We, we lost our apartment. We had to move unexpectedly, you know, other, we suffered from family loss and it's actually, yeah, it's just, it's just been such a, a difficult year, but the fact that all of these things keep getting thrown and we keep overcoming them and we keep moving past them, it just shows that, you know, there are going to be hard things in life, but this, this too shall pass and like it will, things do get better. And, but that's life, right? It's, it's like a roller coaster. It ebbs and flows. It's, there's going to be good parts and bad parts. And it's just kind of nice to know that the things that are holding you back and holding you down, like that's not a permanent thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not, nothing is permanent. So just take a deep breath and, and kind of push past it. And yeah. So, yeah. Just, think, I'm hoping I'm hoping for a lot a lot of more a lot more happy memories for for this next year yes yeah and I think you know there has been some opening up of the world which we've um really all appreciated so much certainly for me 
you know, my joy has been in little things opening up, being able to go for brunch with my my, my daughters and my, my husband in our favorite little local spot. Or um, at the same time, I've enjoyed the slowing down. You know, it's like the opening up and the slowing down. And I want to find that perfect balance. It's really hard. Like you say, just because the good times don't last, the bad times don't last, the, mm-hmm. the slow times don't last, the fast times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I'm a, I'm a Libra and my, my, uh, my star sign is a Libra and I'm forever looking for that perfect balance. That's when I'm my happiest. Um, um, I've also, you know, this past year really enjoyed um, with with your help, both of you, also growing our Smashing Life community and all, all things, you know, to do with that. It's been amazing just, you know, what we've needed this year has been community and it's been so hard to, to find and it's just been an amazing thing growing that. Um, and, and just on a personal level, um, like Emily, kind of the idea of being locked up with my two, two young daughters and my husband <laughs> um, is challenging. You know, you can love someone to, to, to bits, but it's not natural um, to, be, to be locked like that. And, um, but actually we look back and we remember, you know, teaching them how to ride their bicycles because we had the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, we, we, we had lunch together. You know, I'm never going to have lunch with my husband and my two kids for weeks on end ever again, you know. Um, so, yeah, there was, there was some unexpected beauty that is isn't it funny how sometimes the joyful moments are the hardest moments you yeah. find you find yeah. the joy <laughs> you find the joy and it means so much um, there's a lot to learn from that so on that note Sam what lessons did life teach you in the past year I'm saying these as literal questions so that our listeners can actually have the questions themselves if they want to do it straight away what lessons did life teach you in the past year oh man um just, I think the most important one is just don't give up. Um, I, especially just in my career, just went through a really difficult time being laid off, not knowing what I wanted to do next, going through a bunch of different part-time positions and trying different things out that didn't quite feel right. Um, and now I finally got hired full-time uh, back in June. And, you know, it, at first it didn't seem like maybe it was the right fit and now it's feeling a lot more comfortable. So just trusting in myself and trusting in my abilities I think trusting myself a lot more that like I am not just competent but like good at what I do and knowing that and I'm not giving up on myself probably is the biggest thing I learned out of this year yeah and it's funny it's one thing I'm sure you've had everyone tell you you are good at your job you are competent but you've had it's different you I have not actually, believed that <laughs> exactly you've got to actually believe it yourself um, yeah. and that's hard you know that's it and Emily, any lessons from the past year that life taught you? Gosh, I mean, there are a lot. I mean, I I would say Sam's lesson, I mean, holds for me as well. I mean, in in sort of different ways, but um, I've had more of a, you know, challenges sort of in my personal life than, you know, maybe in my professional life this year. And um, yeah, there were some times when things just seemed really bad and I just felt like I, you know, messed my life up so much and it was unfixable. And you know, eventually I didn't give up and I was, you know, able to fix it. And um, yeah, I think that's a really powerful lesson. Yeah. And something to remember for when, like I was saying, like the ebb and the flow, right? Like things might feel low again, but like remembering that feeling and remembering that we do overcome these things. And so when we feel low again, knowing that we'll eventually get to a point of high again, because it always comes back around. It's so intense though, isn't it? It's so it's so intense when you feel like that and but somehow yeah it passes and it it, it leads you to, to something else and Rosh Hashanah has then always, it becomes the past yeah Rosh Hashanah has always felt more like a, a reflect right a reflection of the year rather than let's set some resolutions for the new year it doesn't feel like that kind of new year it's not okay like I want to eat healthier or exercise more or like learn yeah. how to do a new skill it's not it's not that kind of no it's deep it's so <laughs> much deeper it's, it's so gotta be deep, deep. <laughs> yeah yeah and, it's, and you have plenty of time to get deep and introspective when you're sitting in temple for two days straight but that's yes. so funny I never, I never thought of that that's so right like even in the magazines you know new year's resolutions let's yeah. um let's be more fashionable this year whatever it is it's always Which, and it's not bad to set like new intentions for yeah. yourself e- even in like smaller aspects there's nothing wrong with that um there's something great about thinking okay this year i'm gonna learn to do that or this year i'm gonna do this better that's all great but there's something about 
really like taking the time. And I, I think that's what Rosh Hashanah gives you, right? It's two days mm-hmm. off, two days to be with your family, two days to sit around the table and eat, sit in temple, whatever, whatever you do to mark the holiday, but just two days to give yourself that space and allow yourself to really think about this last year and think about what you want for next year and just think about how you're going to fulfill yourself. Um, because that, I mean, that's what life is about. It's about filling your life with the things that make you feel happy and full. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, it's allowing that time to really think about what that means for you. And there's also a tradition of, I mean, not just doing all of that during the two days of actual Rosh Hashanah, but, um, in the Hebrew month of Elul, which is the month that um, precedes Rosh Hashanah, it is traditional to sort of for that whole month, you know, start um, getting into kind of reflection mode and having all these kind of conversations with yourself, um, which I mean, again, like depending on, you know, who you are, like you may like that or you may think, no, like two days are enough for me. And, you know, either way is great. But um, having this sort of longer, you know, period can, I think, um, for some people be helpful to sort of you know, space it out, not have everything so concentrated in those two days, maybe. And I think it's a good life lesson in itself to be reflective and to stop and think and take a moment, you know, life is fast paced and we're always on, you know, we're go-getters, we're always on to write, I've done that, what's the next thing, you know, and it's just, we stop and reflect and let's move on to intentions. Have you, I'll I'll talk about my intention and I'd love to hear, um, if you've set any intentions for the new year. So mine came to me, I was fortunate enough to take a summer vacation uh, to Crete in Greece uh, just last week. And again, it took kind of getting out of my life for a week to actually have a moment to think. Um, and it was it was just simplify. I want to simplify. My life feels like so many different moving parts and strands and I love all of them or every bit of it but you know even even let's say if I take on a new work project if it's going to be complicated I'm going to say no to it like I want to simplify um because that will give me a lot of pleasure and joy so I'm going to focus that's my one word as well my one word mantra for five seven eight two you're going to hold me to that one Sam and Emily yes (laughs) (laughs) Emily's very good at telling me no 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 no, you know I will hold you to it I always have these crazy ideas and then he's like, are you sure that's going to come? Yes, it really will. Sometimes. See, I'm not, yeah. I'm always like, yeah, what do you need? Let's go. Let's do it. So maybe I'll take a step back this year. <laughs> so yeah, I'm all about simplify and in all areas, um, I'm really going to try and work on that one. Sam, Emily, who wants to go? Oh man. I, I want to say organize, which sounds a little boring, but just, I, I feel sort of the same way where I take on too many things and I, and I just kind of, I'm all over the place. So there are certain things that I, I have a very hard time letting go of, but I think I just need to kind of organize myself, organize my mind better. Um, maybe, you know, just whether it's literally in my apartment and like cleaning more, or if it's just organizing the tasks of the day, just kind of taking a deep breath and thinking very intentionally about what it is that I need to get done, how to prioritize those things. Um, because I, I sometimes have my to-do list and I, I get very overwhelmed with the amount on it. And I don't think about like, well, what, what is actually very important for today? Like set, set that intention for today of what are those like top two things that you need to check off and then kind of work it down that way. And just by doing that, I feel a sense of calm and then I can, like clear that space in my head to get all the other things done. So I think I just need to organize myself, whether it's at my, my job, whether it's at home, whether it's, you know, with my social calendar, all of that, just organize. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, that, that isn't what I picked for mine, but it could be, and maybe it should be because I'm not a very organized person at all, um, either, you know, physically or when it comes to time management. And I can definitely see how some streamlining of, you know, why processes could, um, could make things run a lot smoother, but, um, it's funny. Cause through what, if I would like, I would say that's one of your amazing skills is your, you never, Emily never misses a deadline or call at anything in the years we've been working together. Maybe you save all the organization tips for you, for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very, you know, focused on, um, 
you know, delivering the outcome, but the process is sometimes, you know, a little messier than I There's a difference between punctuality and organization. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very true. Um, and so. um, anything you're going to stop doing? Oh. I'll go first because I want you guys again to try and not hold me accountable, but it's good for me to say this out loud. And I think it's good for us to be saying this stuff out loud. It kind Definitely. of makes it makes it reality. So I say this probably every year of my life and I know it to be true, but I don't know. So mine is I really, really want to try not to worry so much about things that haven't yet happened. And it's not funny enough. And just like I kind of interpreted Emily's as different in work, like for work, I don't worry about stuff. And it's more, you know, family and what's going to happen if and has, you know, and I think it's very much hashtag Jewish anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I want to worry about things that haven't, haven't yet happened. Because, you know, again, after the year we've been through, and we've all got through it with, you know, flying colors, as it were, in our own personal ways um, we've shown so much resilience and I just I just got to get that worry streak out of me but I'm not quite sure how <laughs> yeah that is a hard one but um yeah I, I could also um, benefit from some of that I think um my thing would probably be and I guess this does tie back a little bit into the maybe organization, but I want to stop procrastinating so much. And just, I have a lot of ideas that I, you know, come up with and I don't follow through with them for various reasons. Um, often because, you know, I feel like the outcome won't be as good as, you know, I want it to be. So I just don't do it at all. Um, and sometimes it's just more, you know, basic procrastination. Um, but I want to try to cut that out for this year. Sam? I think mine is to stop being so negative towards myself. Um, I am like, people don't realize that because I like, when I speak to other people, I sing people praises. I am everybody's cheerleader. I see, I see the good and the positive in everybody. And I try to show them every single day, how wonderful and amazing they are. But I do not allow that same kindness towards myself. I do the exact opposite. And it's, it's not fair and it's not nice. And I wouldn't say any of these things to anybody else because I don't believe those about anybody else. So why do I believe that about myself? And especially just in the last few months, um, my confidence has been growing a bit and I, I can see these things that people have been saying about me, these kind things. And it's like, well, they've been saying it all along and now you're starting to see it. So maybe just believe it and just tell yourself <laughs> that instead of telling yourself the opposite and like, Everybody always says when you say it out loud and you say it, say nice things to yourself all the time, it sticks. So that I'm going to try to stop saying all the negative. Uh, for every negative thought I have, I'm just going to out loud say three nice things to myself. <laughs> have you heard of Marissa Peer? No. I'd never heard of her this time last week. Um, I listened to a podcast with her with someone called Lewis Howes, where he interviews the world's sort of great minds. And she, it was amazing. I've been telling about this and everyone about this podcast. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. The episode was called Your Thoughts Will Either Kill You or Heal You. And they covered so many different things. But one of the things that relates to what you're saying is, you know, you wouldn't talk to your best friend like that. You've exactly. got to be your, you've got to be your best friend. You know, you wouldn't, you, and, 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 you know, when you catch yourself doing it, just, yeah, I think, you know, you know, it, it, yeah, it's just. It's just not fair, Sam. You are genuinely such an incredible person. Oh, <laughs> so we're going to actually, we are doing a, a free workshop. It's called the Rosh Hashanah Joy Workshop, where we're going to be meeting on Zoom. If you want to join in, you are so welcome. We'd love you to, not yourself. We'd absolutely love you to. We're going to be setting our intentions for 5782 together. And we're going to be building the life we want on our terms together so that we can embody the strong Jewish woman we were born to be. So um, if you want to save your space at that workshop, it's completely free, but you do need to save your space. It's yourjewishlife.co.co slash Rosh Joy, yourjewishlife.co slash Rosh Joy. We'd absolutely love you to join us. We always get... Um, 
hundreds of people joining in. It's the energy is electric. We dance together. We set intentions together. We laugh together. We 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 connect together. All in the space of ninety minutes. Um, it's happening on September the nineteenth, and we want you there. So make sure you go to yourjewishlife.co/rushjoy. So any parting words? This has been so much fun. We'll have to do another one together. Definitely. It really has. This has been so great. What do you want to say for the new year ahead? (laughs) Hurting words. Well, (laughs) I think the most important thing is that, you know, we, we gave out a lot of information and I know it can seem intimidating to try to incorporate everything, but I don't think that any Jewish holiday is an all or nothing. I think it's about taking the things that feel meaningful to you or taking the things that feel special to you and incorporating those things because that's that's what makes the holiday for you. Your holiday is not going to look like everybody else's and that's completely fine. Um, whether, whether that's going to temple because you love it, whether that's sitting at home with your family, whether that's just having, you know, a quiet- Stuffing, stuffing your face with a round challah, right? Oh, yeah. That could be the entire- <laughs> The whole challah. <laughs> I think that counts. I think that totally counts. Yeah. And I would add on to that and say, I mean, even if you do, you know, you hear all, you hear this podcast, you get really pumped up, you want to do all the things, you know, just keep in mind that like, as with everything, you know, things will go wrong and it's okay. I mean, like one of my, like, in retrospect, sort of most like funny Rosh Hashanah memories um, that like we always talk about in my family is one year um, my mom was making honey cake and she left out the honey. And like at the time it wasn't <laughs> that funny that like our cake was not edible, but um, it's like a great story now. So, you know, just try to like roll with what happens and you know, if something doesn't work out, you'll have a good story at the end of it. Hopefully. Exactly. Oh, I love you guys. I hope one day we can spend our Rosh Hashanahs together um, in person. <laughs> I know we'll make it happen and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. If this episode inspired you in some way, I'd love you to take a screenshot of you listening on your device and post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Your Jewish Life. I'd love to hear from you. Come on, let's be Instagram friends. If there's someone you know that would benefit from this episode, I'd love you to share it with them and I'd love you to subscribe and leave me a review as well. That way more people will get to see the podcast, hear the podcast and everybody can be inspired to live their Jewish life their way and have lots of Jewish joy in their life. I also want to make sure you know about my free Rosh Hashanah 2021 guide. It's a brand new guide I've created. It's a PDF guide that you can download with everything you need to know about Rosh Hashanah and celebrating 5782 in style. So it's full of everything from why we celebrate Rosh Hashanah, how we can do it in really easy ways, music you can listen to, recipes you can make, decor you can buy or make, all the rituals you've been dying to learn more about in a handy PDF guide. Of course, it covers all the food as well. What do we eat in Rosh Hashanah? What's some great music to listen to? All that good stuff. And it's for you, whether you're Jewish, Jewish or becoming Jewish. Just go to yourjewishlife.co slash rosh. That's yourjewishlife.co, C-O, slash rosh, R-O-S-H. Hope you enjoy it and I can't wait to see you again on the next episode.